Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. My talkers, thanks for hanging out with us on this hump day Wednesday, and it's 4 o'clock. Let's start out the 4 o'clock hour with a little present to you listeners. I need callers to give me a call at 651-641-1071, and we're going to give the fifth caller a pair of tickets to see The Waitress at the Ordway on Tuesday, March 8th at 7.30 p.m. Like I said, the fifth caller to 651-641-1071 will get their hands on a pair of tickets to see The Waitress. That is such a fun, fun, fun present. All right, so Lori, what I have did, a story that, right, that, that is we're hitting both Women's History Month, which started in March, and Black History Month, which was all of February. Yes, this just made my heart. Sick. Okay, tell me. Okay, um, this is from the Associated Press. So the House voted on Monday, and this is four hundred and twenty-two to zero. So. A hundred percent bipartisan support to award the only all-female black unit to serve in Europe during World War II with the Congressional uh, Gold Medal. And there's been a long-running, thank you, Grant, long-running campaign to recognize the 6,088th Central Postal Directory Battalion. And they were known as the 6888. That's a much better way of saying that, military, militarily speaking, 6888. They were tasked with sorting and routing mail for millions of American service members and civilians for the entire length of the war. And only like six women are alive out of the 850 members. Sure. Um, Major Fanny Griffin McClendon, who's 101 and lives in Arizona, she said, it's overwhelming. It's something I never even thought about it. I just don't know if I can stand how excited I am. And the 688 was credited with solving this mail crisis during its stint in England. And when they got back from the war, they were a role model to generations of black women who joined the military. They're the postal, you know, thing. But for decades, the exploits of the 855 women never got wider recognition. But that changed several years ago. And it was a Wisconsin Democratic Representative Gwen Moore who sponsored the bill. The 6888 was a trailblazing group of heroes who were the only all-black women Army Corps battalion to serve overseas during World War II. They faced racism, sexism. They were in the war zone. They sorted millions of pieces of mail. And um, they, the 688 was sent overseas in 1945. So they dodged German U-boats. The whole way, wow. as we saw in wow. Greyhound, yep, yep, how yep. dangerous that crossing to get to England. 
And they had to escape a German rocket once they got to Glasgow. And they were deployed to an unheated, rat-infested airplane hangar in Birmingham, England, and given millions of pieces of undelivered mail for troops, government workers, and Red Cross workers. I mean, think of every World War II movie we ever see with people writing back and forth. Yes, I mean, letters were king. Yeah, the mountains of mail had piled up and troops were grumbling about lost letters and delayed care packages that their sweethearts or Mm -hmm. parents. So the 688 adopted the uh, motto, no mail, low morale. And they cleared out a backlog of 17 million pieces of mail in three months when the army gave them six months to do it. And the battalion would go on to serve in France before returning home. And like so many black units during World War II, their exploits never got the attention, you know, mm-hmm. that it deserved. Sure. So the 688 will get a congressional That's gold awesome. medal. Yeah. How many people are left? Six yeah. women. That would be like you yeah. know that could be a story, but anyway, that'd be a that great movie. Women's yeah. History Month and what yeah. a story. History Month. Love it. That's yeah, a good one. That was right? a great story. And uh, I just want to say, Patty Sorensen is our winner from Woodbury. Oh yay! Oh, Patty, she congrats. was delighted. She's going to take a good friend of hers who just lost her husband. Oh. And so she's really excited. I mean, she was just absolutely tickled to death that she won. So congratulations, yeah. Patty. Hey, Thanks for Patty. listening. Yeah, Lori, I I was just thinking as you're telling me about that, about the WASP, you know, the women who air fighters in World War II that the documentary was done and we read the book on last year. Yes. And there was some surviving um, women still in Minnesota. Yes. That we heard about. But it's amazing. I mean, because the we, women got they women got to serve in the military and in work in factories. I mean, we're talking to someone today right. because all the men were overseas fighting right. uh, World War Two. By you know, it took mm-hmm. us a while to get into it, but they were uh, fighting, so they were like, okay, we'll accept people that we wouldn't normally right. accept the in lesser these jobs. class. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. And if you think if you were one of those women and you got to go and experience something different outside of house. You know, being Upward a housewife, yeah. How hard it would have been to go back home then, yeah, and be forced. And that the fact that because you're smart and you know you can do it, and you maybe produce that, as much as the man. Right. I mean, but they were sorting the mail here, but as the war intensified, it was really the easiest place to have the mail sorting happen was England because that's where all the, the central yeah. the center for. Yes. For flying and yes, planes yes. and everything. So they're like, yeah, we're sending you across the Atlantic and we hope a German U-boat. The chances are, you know, what was it, like 25% or 30% of the boats? Even made it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Was, uh, that scary proposition. Great movie, Greyhound, also on Apple+. Plus. Oh, I love that movie. I love that movie. <laughs> nice plug. Good job. Yeah. It is just I do just think about that, though, how hard that would have been at that time to experience something completely different and and like it, maybe. Yeah. And then having to, you know, we're so lucky we were raised when we were because the generation before us really fought for women's rights in the workplace. Well, they've been fighting since for a long time. I underwear. I understand. But I felt like my mom's generation did a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. When we come back, it's time for Random Thoughts. Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. Okay, I don't know if you guys saw this news. I think it came out a couple days ago, but Minnesotans are now able to smoke medical marijuana for the first time legally. Yes. And this is is pretty critical because I did talk to someone 
whose significant other died of cancer and said like the happiest time in our day were those that hour of pass pass. Yeah. This state I'm glad we got it medically here, but let's figure it out and get it legal. Can we can we be can we can we get that tax revenue? Come on. I mean I I know that it took us a long time to get to this medical aspect of even having because prior to this you couldn't even have gummies. I mean this year was the first year that they introduced even gummies. It was Mm -hmm. either a vape pen or a syringe like you know or or a pill form. Or a pill. mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah so, that's good. And it's so good. And they're the just direction. saying, you know, the benefits of soothing chronic pain when you inhale medical marijuana are instant versus chemo, waiting the chemo in the nausea. And people mm-hmm. just say it's a life changer. So I'm yeah, very happy. Sleep. There's more, more than 30,000 people currently enrolled in the state's medical marijuana program. I keep thinking it's been on the agenda for years to go through the House and the Senate. Yeah, getting it past here, right? And then we had many other things happen that have taken the attention of right. our legislators. But I feel like this one, it's talk, just talk to Washington, your counter, you know, like whoever you know in Washington, Colorado, other states that have done that it. They're making a gob of money, yeah. oh my gosh. and we could use it for infrastructure. We could use it for other things that need funding in the yeah, state. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, that's happening. Right on, Julia. Yeah. Keep right. on trucking. Keep, Keep on, on trucking. trucking. Okay, all we're right, talk- all right. We were talking about the Fitbits yesterday oh. and how, you know, what made us set the $10,000 steps Japanese a day. marketing <laughs> yeah. campaign. Yep. Okay, so the Fitbit is recalling watches. So if you have, because the lithium battery is actually burning people. Oh, oh it's some, like those Nokia phones that were exploding. And, the, and those little razor things mm-hmm. that were exploding, too. So 1.7 million smartwatches containing a lithium-ion battery can overheat and burn. So here are the, um, you if you have a Fitbit, it's the one that looks like a smartwatch, yeah. the square one. And there were 78 reports of burns and injuries, second and third degrees. Um, what do you do? Y- if you bought it between, just go to you know Fitbit and see if there's a recall, and they'll give you something new. Okay. So that's... Just something, yeah. If you want that, and seven thousand steps is the magic number. That's right. We learned that yesterday. Science says. Okay, so what do you guys think about this? So you just saw um, the Batman, which was three hours long. Which yeah. we posted the red carpet, by the way. Oh, so yeah. Kravitz got the memo to dress. They like look sexy great. Catwoman. Yeah, she, even yeah, she's teeny. She is teeny. She's that was an Oscar De La Renta bat velvet dress. Oh gosh, oh. when you get to wear bat velvet, yeah. you're really you're really in vogue. She, she was very cat like throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Very am, much so. I'm excited oh. to see this. I got a new crush. Let's just put it that way. All right, <laughs> you and Channum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Okay, so what their AMC um, theaters is going to do is they're going to announce they're going to test out new pricing. So for movies like. Like big, big, big movies. Like the eight o'clock movie on Friday, Friday and night. Saturday night. Exactly. It's going to be date tight, date night surcharge. Yeah, yeah. Well, good old days of a matinee. Remember, you know, get the two dollars. Well, you still can do that, but yeah. that sounds like that's what they're doing. Yeah, that's Prime, what. Yeah, they're going to start doing that. So they're saying they've been doing this in Europe for a while, and so um, weekend prices versus midweek prices, they're going to change up the prices. So expect that. They're, yeah. they're trying to make up for a year absolutely. being closed. And as an avid moviegoer who loves going to the movie theater, I would absolutely pay more to have a prime seat in a prime time slot on a Friday or Saturday night, knowing that that's going to help out the movie theater. If it costs me yeah. two or three bucks yeah. more, I would absolutely pay it. All right. Yeah. Fantastical. All right. So did you know we're getting a Four Seasons Hotel down yes. in Minneapolis? Yes. Right? My friend's going to work Do there. Do tell. It's going to be our first five-star yeah. Um, hotel in the Twin Cities area, and it's a 37th floor building, 
And it's opening in spring. Is it a new building? Yes. Mm-hmm. Where? Yes, it's the RBC, RBC Gateway Tower in downtown. It's right on the end of, I feel like it's on Nicollet and River Road. Yeah. But you know, by the federal building, you mm-hmm. know, over there. Yep. And it's boasts 222 guest rooms and suites spanning floors 23 to 30. Unobstructed Mississippi River views. Beautiful. And skyline. And they also said that um, this this kind of sounds fun. So four stories up on the pool deck terrace, the largest in the city, according to the hotel, will be a casual bar and grill during the day and mm-hmm. at night a comfortable place with heated bar tables and fire pits and that stuff. It'll be open year round where people can go and have a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be like an Italian Riviera feel. Four Me- Seasons likes to have hidden places. Yeah. In their, their hotels. hotels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I stayed at the Four Seasons in Costa Rica, and that was as remote as it could ever be. Mm-hmm. It was, oh, and I didn't pay for it, so let's just put it that nice. way. It was not my, well, I could never exciting. afford it. I know, and it's a, it's a project guided by the Poled-owned United Properties. Yeah. And it's going to have, it's the only five-star place here. There's going to also be 34 private residences. In the Four Seasons upper floors, cool. which would be, wouldn't that be decadent to live in a hotel? I don't know, but it's going to make all the four-star hotels have to work that much harder <laughs> yeah. because being a city without a five-star hotel really put all the four-star people on the same playing field. It did. It did, Lori. Yeah. It did. So that's going to open up this spring. So I just thought, I read that. Thank yeah. you, Minneapolis St. Mm-hmm. Paul Magazine. A friend of mine actually moved from Vietnam to work there. Really? Serious? He was working over in Vietnam. At Four Seasons. Yeah, and they brought him over here yeah. to help open up this one. What, Good. do you know, like, the dates? Is it April? It's Mar- it's it's this spring coming up here. Okay. I don't know the exact dates. They, but they yeah. won't commit to a hard date. Yeah. They got everything ready because it's Four Seasons. I mean, they, I mean we go to the Four Seasons, like, in Beverly Hills to hang out because it's fun to see who's there. Mm-hmm. See and be seen places. You yeah. know, you're going to pay $50. They have a big drink. flower budget, so the, the lobbies are beautiful. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Whatever, whatever restaurants or bars they have are just lovely, mm-hmm. and you it's, know they'll have a spa, I'm and everything sure. will taste perfect and mm-hmm. look perfect. It's yeah. those are fun hotels. So that's kind of fun. That will you know help uh, downtown Minneapolis? Yeah, good absolutely. Call. Mm-hmm. Good call. Absolutely. Okay. Um, other things that are happening here, um, Lorene. is Bruce Willis once turned down the role to be Sam in movie the movie The Ghost. It went to Patrick Swayze because he didn't understand how it would work with the main character being dead for most of the movie. This is, thank goodness. Thank God. Thank goodness. That's all I have to say is thank goodness. Because if he couldn't even get that, and God bless Patrick Swayze. Don't you think? And every bone on his body. Now, it was funny yesterday, Sam Elliott with two T's, when he was weighing in on his power of the dog and how much he hates that movie. Did he get flacked? He got a lot of flack. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, yeah. And it was also, you know, because he made some very, he sounded like an old man yelling at the clouds on he his did. porch kind of a thing. But people <laughs> well were said. trolling him because he had said something about uh, what is all this you know, sort of allusions to homosexuality. Well, okay, that was part of the story, but people were uh, trolling him with all of his meaningful glances and up-close moments he had with Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Yes. Oh, that's so at the funny. bar, they're practically yeah. making out at oh, the time. Oh, I know okay, it. That is so <laughs> yeah. funny. So that was really good. You know, Sam Elliott, you know, well he's 77 years old. Uh, you know, he's just, he's not going to change who he is. And, right. Uh, but anyway, I did, I did, that was quite an enjoyable Twitter beef to watch. Yeah. You yeah. Know, well take your mind off of Ukraine or right. other things for, well, here's something, for a minute. Mm-hmm. Here's something cool yeah. that Airbnb is doing. They announced that it's setting up free housing for 100,000 Ukrainian refugees in Eastern Europe. Oh, so good. they'll have a place to stay at least for the next two weeks for free. Yeah. So we've all been watching it, I think. It's just terrible. It's and it's, horrific. it's like, how is this happening? I, I don't know. But it's it's Vlad the Mad. Yep. But Airbnb, that's a good thing for them yeah, to be yeah. doing that. I, I really well, appreciate probably that. Probably they have owners saying, listen, no one's going to be traveling right. to Romania Give it or to the Poland. people who are. We want to be in a pool. You know, I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that was owner driven. Right. Yeah. I, I think you're right yeah. about that. And then one last thing Coors Light is ditching the plastic rings that hold the six packs together. Good, They're transitioning. Yeah. They get caught in the ocean and fish yes. and birds get caught. They're transitioning to some type of a cardboard thing. So Thank watch you. for that. Thank you. Nice job, Coors. Yeah, no kidding. All there right. All right, peeps. That's all I've got. That Grant, was, tell that, us what's happening on the road. I'm going to tell you this. This was That was a really fun random thoughts. Oh, thought honey. Nice job. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, this uh, author just had her uh, debut novel book birthday yesterday, and we are happy uh, the, to have read The ta- Tobacco Wives. Adele Myers is gr- uh, joining us for our LoJ Book Club pick, a historical fictional book. Your book, The Tobacco Wives, is just fantastic. Thank you for Thank writing you. it. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> I mean, it so really, how does it feel to finally yeah. be out there? I mean, you've been working on this for a long time. I have been working on this for a very long time. This book actually started as a short story 20 years ago. <laughs> and uh, and I, I, I put it down for a while, um, of course, and I, I kept coming back to writing about um, these women. And, and what inspired the book is that my grandmother was actually a hairdresser for the wives of R.J. Reynolds tobacco executives in the 1940s right. in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Yeah. So I just kept finding myself coming back to writing about these women or, or mostly my idea and my kind of idealized view of them as a little girl. Um, so I, I about probably eight years ago, I decided, you know what, I want to commit to doing this. Um, 
I work full time in advertising. I have a son. I'm married. I have a dog. You know, busy life. So the writing yeah. took a backseat for for a while, and that's I think why it took me so long. But um, but yeah, it's finally out in the world as of yesterday, and it's amazing. It's, an amazing it's, feeling. It's, it's so good. Well, and you know, you've got you know Kristen Harmel or Lisa Wingate, a lot of authors that mm-hmm. we love to read, and Fiona Davis, that Patty Callahan. Authors we love. It we is love historical fiction. Historical fiction, mm-hmm. and it's such a great book. So congratulations to you. I mean, and that it's really kind Thank of you. started because of your family, and then you had this writing teacher that said this should be a story. Why don't you give everybody right. a setup of what the story's about? Sure. So the story, um, it's the story of a young seamstress. Uh, her name is Maddie Sykes. She's 15 years old. And... It's set in a tobacco town in 1946, and basically Maddie, um, her father has passed away. He died in World War II, and her mother basically has a breakdown and takes Maddie and drops her off in the fictional town of Brightleaf, North Carolina, which is modeled after Winston-Salem, where she begins to get drawn into the world of these wealthy wives of tobacco executives. And she's enamored with them, much as I was as a little girl. But as she becomes more uh, entrenched in their lives, she realizes that things are not as they appear and that there are some... She begins to see the ugly side of the tobacco industry, and she actually stumbles upon some information about the dangers of smoking. And this was all before the dangers were well known. Yeah, this is the 40s when doctors would prescribe cigarettes to you probably. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And advertising plays a role in the the book as well. Mm -hmm. And I've worked in advertising and PR my whole career for 20 plus years. And so I also found it really fascinating the way that the tobacco companies used communications and ads Mm -hmm. to influence public opinion. So some of the ads uh, that I've, you know, during my research that I, I pulled together were just almost hard to believe that they were real. You know, they use doctors in the ads, you know, the doctors recommend certain cigarettes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was also fascinating to me right. and something that comes through in the book as well. And, you know, it's interesting too. another part that we really liked about the tobacco wise. Well, first of all, you're just a, a terrific a writer. writer and storyteller. So, it, this is not any kind of dusty historical no, fiction. It's, the it's, book grabs you right away. Right. But, I love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the thing about the 1940s um, that feels like, you know, there are still, we have a lot of 1940s things with us still today, social unrest, you know, women mm-hmm. fighting for their yeah. place at the table. But the other interesting thing is that you have it take place, World War II is going on, so most of the men are overseas fighting and the women are working in the factories mm-hmm. and they right. have all of a sudden they're not just living to catch a man and keep house and, you know, mm-hmm. do all of that. So I I like that whole storytelling side of the novel of Tobacco Wives as well. Oh, good. I'm glad you did. I I found that very interesting and I purposefully said it at that time because... That time is really uh, many many historians say that that was the beginning of the modern women's rights movement when mm-hmm. women stepped in and took over all these jobs and then as the men were returning they assumed that. 
the women would go back home and that they would take their jobs back. And the women didn't want to do that. They got a we, taste of what it's like. We were just talking about this earlier in our show. Well, we were talking about the 688 um, uh, women. The group of postal. women who did the postal distribution of all the backlogged mail. Oh. And they just got a congressional gold medal. Um, and how oh, they wow. had, had to go to England. And I'm expecting one of our historical fictional writers that we know to do the story of the 688. But just how you got to, to do something different, different and then, and then, and then have you to had go to go back, back to, home. Yeah, how go hard that would have been. Wow. I don't really know that full story. I'm going to have to look into that. It just <laughs> happened on Monday in Congress. That yeah. They passed it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we were literally just talking about this earlier, but, you know, we've read so much historical fiction. Feels like we've never historically fiction, you know, read about no, tobacco. This, the tobacco this thing is, is such brand a great new to us. story uh, for we, us. Yeah, How much research did you <laughs> yeah, do? Yeah, it's yeah, interesting. No, I love to hear that. And it's yeah. so fascinating. Yeah, I mean... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm talking over you. What, we what, all what are, you whatever. Yeah, just how much research did you do uh, for the tobacco <clears throat> waves? So I did a lot of research, but I really started with looking at my family history mm-hmm. and talking to my family members and looking at old photos. And I don't think I even realized how deep the connections were until I started doing that. Um, my, I mentioned my grandmother was a hairdresser for the wives of the tobacco executives. My other grandmother was a seamstress. Mm-hmm. And she specialized in evening gowns and wedding gowns. Mm. And then as I talked to my family members, I realized the whole town of Winston-Salem was really built on tobacco money. So my other grandfather worked in banking and the Wachovia Bank was funded by tobacco. Mm-hmm. The, my other grandfather was a home builder, but he also worked in the cigarette factories. And my father worked as a teenager in his in the summer, he worked in the cigarette factories and it paid really well. And it was a very desirable job to have, but the conditions there were, were really bad. And he told me a lot of like firsthand accounts of what it was like. And a lot of that ended up in the book. There are even some direct quotes that mm. came from interactions he had in the factories. And <clears throat> so that gave me a lot to yeah. work with. Uh, but then, of course, I needed to really research. I, I wanted to really understand the rise and fall of big tobacco. Right. And, and it's all, I mean, it's all there online. I mean, you can find the congressional hearings, mm-hmm. uh, transcripts. You can see memos. You can look at all the old ads. Um you know, I read books. I, I love, and I'm really um, inspired by old photos and videos. And so, I made these Pinterest boards with tons of old photos, um, and some of those inspired like details of the dresses or different sure. characters. So, oh, your book. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Adele Myers. Her new book, her very first novel, just came out yesterday. It's called. The Tobacco Wives, it's such a fantastic, fun, educational, interesting, different read that we haven't explored this before. I'll be shocked if this doesn't get optioned by the end of the week from Hollywood. Oh, my gosh. From your mouth to mm-hmm. okay, you know, executive okay, so, ears. I hope so. So, Adele, now Lori's going to spin in her mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering who Maddie would... should be. Who's, who's Maddie's mom and who's Maddie's Well, um, I'm auntie. wondering who is the best person to produce this. And I am feeling that Nicole Kidman <laughs> would like mm. this story because she likes period pieces. Yes. 
She would be, oh. it would appeal to her the whole, uh, you know, women's, the beginning of women's rights. She would understand that desire to work, to, to work and, and maybe she could even play Mitzi. She, right. I think that's the juiciest role in mm-hmm. some ways. The, the tobacco um, wife, yeah. the number one tobacco wife. Yes. Right, the main wife who's, uh, who's right, she's supposedly the most powerful wife. But one of the things I also found interesting is, is I really idolized these women. And then as I looked at what life was like for them during that period, yes, they were wealthy. Yes, mm-hmm. they had tremendous amount of privilege, but they didn't really have any real power. They had mm-hmm. influence over mm-hmm. their husbands, but mm-hmm. they were reliant on them. Yeah. And, you know, it was interesting to me that the women who, the working class women who were taking over in the factories perhaps had more agency or began to than these wealthy women because it was really frowned upon for a wealthy woman to work. To, to right, work. right. And then Cornelia could be Helen Mirren. <laughs> Oh, she could. She could. I actually pictured Maggie Smith in my mind. Oh, there you well, go. Well, I thought that too, but I didn't <laughs> know if Maggie <laughs> was too travel. old. Like Maybe. if we can count yeah, on her at 87 said, to be around for when this gets filmed. That's why I <laughs> defaulted. But I did think of Maggie Smith because you really do draw a portrait with your words of, of all oh, of the tobacco You're wives. a great so writer, good. Adele. You're a great Thank writer. You so much. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you. You know, it's like I've been working on this for so long, and it's just incredible to get validation and have people reading it. And, and your publicist and relating. is doing a great job, and we've seen this book everywhere. Goodreads, every, every, mm-hmm. everywhere. It would and be a good book club, club discussion, discussion book, yeah, because really. I think it would appeal to a lot of different readers, and it would mm-hmm. be, you'd have a lot to talk about. How do you want people to... Uh, follow you or stay in touch with you, Adele? Do you like Facebook? Your website's or your website? gorgeous. Yes, I'm. I'm most active on Instagram okay, okay. and Facebook, and at Instagram, it's at Adele J A M. Uh, those I are my like initials, Genie Adele Myers. I love so that. Adele Jam. Adele Jam. And it's then, so good. Uh, <laughs> and my website is adelemyersauthor.com, and I try to keep that updated with events. And you can see some of the old ads. You can see pictures of my family members and read about the inspiration for the book. On okay, the, on my wonderful. Site. Thank you so much. Thank you, Adele. Congratulations Thank to you. you. Hopefully we'll Thanks talk to so you when much. your next book comes out. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Okay, so bye. we've got a couple bye. copies to um, give away. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. And um, Grant will get your information. We're going to come back in Hollywood speak. Hollywood speak. What is the meaning of this? What is the meaning of this? Julia Fox was on the Batman red carpet, and I told you that that posted those photos yes. for you. So she was invited to that, and she lives in New York, and she stopped. And spoke to Entertainment Tonight, Julia, and um, they asked her about Kanye, and she said, it was the best thing that could have happened to me. Of course. No one knew who she was before. Except New Yorkers. Yes, I love it. Of course. And then she added, it kind of brought a spark back into my life that I had forgotten about, meaning that her 15 minutes of fame in New York were up, and now she's got it all over. She's got a worldwide fame. People were talking about it. No, we had never even heard of this person before Kanye. So good for her. Yeah, yeah. The best thing that could have happened to me. I I don't doubt it. Just owning it. Yeah. 
Um, and I mean, she's, she's too busy to get another boyfriend. And I'm like, no, she's got a one year old. She's just went through a big and, divorce. And you don't call someone that you had a fling with for six weeks a boyfriend. Laura, you have so many rules. No, that's not oh someone. That that's just be, a given. That could be a marriage. Man or woman. Nobody calls a six week flinger. A boyfriend or this a girlfriend. Good. It's just no, somebody I'm hooking up with. This is good to know. Yeah, it is. I mean, Grant right. knows this. I would say, yeah, you can't can't call, can't call anything a serious commitment until after two months at least. Two, three oh, months. Two, three God months. Sakes. Oh, I think God. after two dates. But well, boy, you, you have. Guys have you have status. wanted to do that after two dates, and I always try and talk you off of that. Uh, Not anymore. Well, those first two months are you're just feeling out the water, you know? Yeah. You're kind of figuring out what you like and what you don't. Oh. Companies don't make decisions until at the end of 90 days. All Many right. big companies, you're on... What do they call it? Probation? Yeah. Sure. So you get your fine. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Yes. No job offer? Yes. Okay, Kevin Hunter is becoming a hot topic again. Who is he, we asked? Wendy Williams' ex-husband is suing the production company, <laughs> saying that? that he was unlawfully terminated due to his marital status. And here's the quote from his attorney. Hunter was one of the reasons behind the Wendy Williams show tremendous success, and everything seemed to go south after he left. Um, well, he's not lying he there. He isn't there. Mm. Well, and also... And they're calling it for wrongful, because, of course... Wrongful termination. I've sued a company before, so you have to work with whatever the legal things are. So that the thing Kevin found was um, that he was wrongfully terminated okay. due to his marital status to Wendy ending. Nothing to do with his job performance. Okay. He was fired a week after she filed for divorce from him. Yeah, right. he might have a case there. I think he yeah. might. <laughs> yeah. They want compensation for the sweat equity that he put in to the Wendy Williams show. And now it's gone. Well, but it's they're still making money. It's still yeah. the Wendy Williams sure. show okay. for this year. And I do agree with you guys. Yeah. He was fired because she yeah. he came work out with, him with the branding, hot topics, yep. shoe cam, hot seat, blah blah blah, and he wants at least seven million dollars plus. I, I think Kevin Hunter is a very yeah. good chance of getting it. Yeah, because he was dumped a week the, after that major, as and he was the EVP, yeah. and it was a hundred percent because they were breaking one hundred percent, and the show went downhill. Pretty quickly. Well, she went downhill. But I the think show she, did go down. Well, because I think her, yeah. Remember I she mean, faded shortly thereafter and had the incident. I think that rocked her world to find out her husband was having a 12-year affair with a woman he bought a house for down the block. And they were yes, just I, had a child. She might have known that. I and they might have had it. But it was when the baby. The baby. The pregnant girlfriend and the baby. Yep. Everyone knows if you're going to look the other way when so-and-so in your life, your husband or wife has a mistress or what do you call a mister on the side, 
Everyone knows. Keep it discreet. Don't embarrass me. And for God's sakes, don't have a baby. Grant, every, those Grant, are my Grant, red, those are people's red lines. Wendy are in agreement with the yeah. I mean, they, they, I hate to bring this up, but they did a whole Friends episode about this with Joey's dad. He was having an affair in the city, and then he went to tell his mom, and his mom was like, "I know you, idiot. I don't care as long as she doesn't get her pregnant. He's happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. Leave it alone. Leave, that's right. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Russell Wilson and Sierra were on with Jimmy Kimmel. Last I know night. they were did you looking watch like uh, they're beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. They're just beautiful people. They, yep. they certainly are. Anyway, during the ho- during the show, Kimmel asked Russell Wilson if it is true that he spends a million dollars every year on his body. Oh, yeah. And Wilson said, yes. yeah, man, it's a lifestyle. Yep. And it's an investment in it's himself. Totally, because he needs to keep up his nutrition, his fitness level to perform at his level to be a uh, Football quarterback. It all started with Tom Brady. It did. Is that it, right? One hundred percent. Tom Brady's business partner, whatever his name is, yeah. a million a year oh, because at of least. the trainers. I think it's one point two actually. The food, yeah. the chef, the psychological, the physical. Yeah. It's it's like when people. Okay, a friend of that mine. Just blows my away. friend of mine got a job that she was going to get promoted to be president of this huge law firm. Okay. Okay. On the other coast, huge. And the first thing they did is got her. The the executive um, development person that's going to be her team member because to be at this level you need to be eating this way you need to exercise this way you need to be you know your brain needs to work out harder yeah so it's just the complete way to work yourself out to be at a different level yeah oh. I mean if you think about these NFL guys if they can play an extra three four years yep. in the NFL that's, that's another twenty thirty million dollars right. so if you invest you know four million to bring in another twenty because Tom Brady played till he was forty five. Because of the way he treated his body like a temple for so 100%. long. And he wouldn't have been able, most players can't do that because they don't invest the money like Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. These are the two extremes. And they this. have discipline. These two have extreme discipline. Remember Russell Wilson, he was a born again Christian when he and Sierra got together yeah. and they didn't have he sex. He was married for- to his high school sweetheart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they, then they hooked up and, and then they didn't have sex for like two years before they got married yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. But Very I mean, interesting. it's, it's a different, lifestyle when you're at that level, Lori. Mm-hmm. That didn't throw me for anything. I was okay. just like, yeah. I would, okay. If I had the money, I'd do it. Just let's, how let's invest a dollar yeah. fifty a week. <laughs> just how vicious is the uh Playboy, you know, because that Secrets <gasps> of Playboy is still airing yes. on A and E and the LA Times did a story yesterday about it's uh, the bunnies are it's it's bunny war because there are bunnies that are coming forward and that are that hate. BS on this documentary and some saying here's how vicious it is okay. Here, let me give you a quote okay when Bunny one quote. Hefner loyalist was asked about Holly Madison's claims in the show if it wasn't for Hef Holly would be a middle-aged woman with her original nose and boobs selling slices of pizza in Ketchikan Alaska I mean that's vicious that Lori, is a vicious it, and it's somewhat maybe true but it, it's terrible no, it's no. terrible it's terrible to say that out it loud. isn't true julia because the, that was the half way is to get 18 and 19 year old yeah, i know i didn't watch this thing Lori, yeah, but yeah that yeah. is vicious but to go I after mean, each other that is, are you watching it you know what i've watched three episodes it's a difficult uh documentary to watch because they're i mean there's there's hap- some I mean there's so much bad stuff that yeah, happened there it's gross. It, that it's just kind of unbelievable and he has this whole other image in America yeah. of being this trailblazer for you know 
freedom of speech and freedom, you know the articles. Sex, yeah. But but he he really let a lot of stuff go on there that. Um, was well, Bill Cosby. Yeah. Is where Bill Cosby, right. you know, maybe got to start uh, dropping quaaludes into unsuspecting women's drinks. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, tomorrow we're